You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to listen to us through Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Follow us on your favorite service to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check us out on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com to find out more about what PCLV is all about. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. Hallelujah. Why don't you turn to your neighbor, amen, as you're sitting down, say, let it rain. Let it rain. Hallelujah. I mean, let me tell you, in a couple months, you'll be saying that, let it rain, hallelujah. As, as, a, as the heat starts coming in, amen, we, we need some refrain, uh, rain, amen. But rain is a refreshing time. And for some of us, we, we, it's a great to sing that song when we close it up, let it rain, because sometimes we get dried up in our, in our walk. We get dried in, in, in certain things in our lives, amen, that we need really the, the rain or the refreshment of God upon our lives, amen. Praise God. So let's jump into the Word today and get you home safely. Enjoy this, this day, man. It's going to be a beautiful day. Man, can you believe it drops down to the 70s tomorrow? Amen. Praise God. So it's going to rain for a little bit, a little breeze, and then, hello, he comes back. Amen. Praise God. Ezekiel chapter 22. Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30. As I said, my, so my son said we got on the Bible app. Amen. But I'm just going to go ahead and read that to you out of the New Living Translation. It says, I, I look for someone, somebody say someone, who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land. I search for someone to stand in the gap. Somebody say stand in the gap. In the wall so I wouldn't have to destroy the land, but I found no one. I'm here to let you know this morning, amen, that God is looking for someone. He's searching for someone. God is on a manhunt, amen. He's looking for someone who will give their lives for the cause of rebuilding torn walls of righteousness. The question I have for you is the title of my message, Who Will Stand in the Gap? Come on, who will stand in the gap? Who is going to stand in the gap in our society? Who's going to stand in the gap in the church today? Who's going to stand in the gap for our nation and for our world? For our children, who will stand in the gap? God is searching for someone who would stand in the gap here in the book of Ezekiel. But as it says, he found no one. Here he's speaking in a a time of history where there's corruption in people. No one in the church was living righteous. Uh, Church leaders, disciples, churchgoers all failed. No one was able to save it from destruction. No one, listen, cared enough to pray. No one cared enough to seek God's mercy. No one uh, cared enough to give their lives, amen, or get involved. It's kind of like a church today. Everyone wants to go to heaven, but no one wants to die for the cause. Did you hear that? Everyone wants to get in, but no one wants to pay the price. Come on, no one wants to get involved. No one wants to serve, amen, because in order to serve, in order to get involved, means that you have to die. 
die to serve. In John chapter 12, 24, it says this, I tell you the truth. A grain of wheat must fall to the ground and die to make many seeds. But if it never dies, listen, it remains a single seed. In the kingdom of God, you must die in order to live. You must die in order to live. Come on. Live and die. Come on. We must live to die and die to live. Are you following me? Come on. Jesus said that in order to really live, that we must die, we must die to self and live a life of sacrifice. If Jesus hadn't died, there would be no resurrection. Come on. Come on. There would be no Easter Sunday. The last couple of weeks, it would not exist. Amen. Uh, no celebration Sunday at all. And the same with goes with us. Unless we die. Listen, church. Unless we die, we will never really live. See, some of the most rewarding times in my life came through death. By giving up something for God. By stepping out in faith. See, most people never allow themselves the opportunity to experiencing these rewarding times. Because why? People settle for safety. Come on. They settle for comfort. Security. Come on, staying in their normal routine. Uh, being predictable. Come on, somebody. Come on. They, they, we, we, we rather just live right here. You know what? I, I'm just right here. you rather just sit where you're sitting right now. And just say, man, as long as I'm here. They, they, they want to stay safe, amen. And I mean, I, I must get God to shake his head in heaven and say, man, to see the great potential in his creation that turn away from opportunities to impact our world. See, in man's pursuit for security, he often settles for the ordinary, which leads to spiritual corruption and immoral acts. This is not what God created us for, church. God created us for greatness. Come on, somebody say, I'm great. Come on. God created you for greatness. He didn't save you to, that you can just sit on your blessed behind and get into heaven. Come on, He created you to be something great. He created you to, to be the greatest husband. The greatest father, the, the greatest wife, uh, the greatest mom, amen. He created you for something great for his kingdom. See, we were made to live out God's will for our lives, a, a courageous, faith-filled life. He made you what? More than conquerors, didn't he? Hallelujah. Come on, he made you as an overcomer, right? Through the blood of the Lamb. Come on, He made you great. Don't look yourself down. God created you for greatness. You see, God would never ask of us something that we can accomplish on our own ability. Instead, He offers us His ability. Somebody say, His ability. Working through us, amen, He gives us the faith to overcome the opposition when we give our lives to him. We are not the only generation to have problems, church. 
Come on, we're not the only generation of people, listen, that are living below God's standards. Jesus encountered a group of men fishing that were living below their standards. And if he had not called them and convinced them, they would have all died never experiencing anything in life but just catching fish. Jesus goes up to these men, amen, and he says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Come on, somebody. I can see Peter that day asking Jesus, where are we going, Jesus? He says, we're going to go change the world. Come on, somebody. I'm going to use a bunch of smelly fishermen to change the world. I'm going to make something great out of your life because you were, you were you created for greatness, amen. You were created for more than just fishing fish. I'll make you fishers of men. Come on, somebody. Anybody got their poles today? Hallelujah. Come on, are we great fishermen? God has made us that. He created you for greatness. And I hate fishing. <laughs> it is boring, but people say it's rewarding out there. You get to reflect. I say, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't, amen. Hallelujah. But fishing for men? Come on, somebody. That's a different story, amen. Come on. Come on, it is excitement to go fish for men. I'd rather have someone go get the fish, let them fish for it. I'll pay for it. But see, a lot of us don't want to get dirty. A lot of us don't want to get into the fish and the smell. Come on, guys, let's be real. But the same thing goes with fishing for men. A lot of us don't want to get dirty. A lot of us don't want to sacrifice. Because if you want greatness, you're going to have to die in order to live. Come on, somebody say Amen. See, Jesus wants to pour his life and his heart to those who would respond. He called his disciple and he offered them, listen church, front row seats to the supernatural. Come on, front row seats to people being delivered from all kinds of different bondages. Uh, come on, their lives were changed, amen. Uh, seeing the blind, uh, see deaf ears open, amen. Dead rising, so much more. They were the first uh, to see prostitutes uh, and others that were rejected by society turn from a lifestyle of sin and be be become a productive person in the, in the world and in the kingdom of God. Come on, that's you and I here today, church. Uh, come on, uh, he made us turn around and become productive people in society. Come on, we couldn't hold on to nothing without Jesus. But with Jesus, all things are possible. Amen. Come on, we become who he created us to be, church, for greatness. You can be that dad. You can be that mom. You can be that person. Mom, we were rejected by society. Jesus comes into our lives. We change from our life of sin. We become productive people. In his kingdom and in this world, church. That front row is still available today. Come on, I've seen lives change through the life of ministry here in Las Vegas for the last, uh, going now on 18 years, amen. I've seen, I've seen lives change, bondages broken in lives, marriages healed, blind eyes seen, hearing the death, amen. Those rejected by society become productive in the kingdom of God. You know where they're at? They're sitting right in front of me. 
It's you guys. Hallelujah. My wife and, uh, and I had front row seats. And God says, I want you to sit right here, son. Now watch me do what I do. And I've been amazed by the lives that have been changed through the ministry that come through. Through the lives of any ministry, you get front row seats. Man, moms and dads come in and get front row seats to see their kids do something. See lives change. The only requirement, church, live to die and die to live. The question is, who's going to stand in the gap? Who's going to stand in the gap? I'm in the gap. I didn't say go to the gap. Stand in the gap, amen. Gap, I'll go to the gap. We're not passing out gift cards here for the gap, amen. You see, Jesus offers this to everyone. Somebody say, me? Yeah, you. He offers it to everyone. Jesus offers this to everyone. He's in contact with it to give a life of greatness. And he still offers that today. If you look at the book of John, chapter 14, 12 to 18, it says this. Because I tell you the truth, whoever believes in me will do the same things that I do. For those uh, those who believe will do, do not, and, and do uh, those who believe will do greater things than, than these because I am going to the Father. And if you ask anything in my name, somebody say my name, I will do it for you so that the Father's glory will be shown through the Son. If you ask me of anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me and if you obey my commands, I will ask the Father and He'll give you another Helper to be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept Him. Because it does not see him or know him, but you know him. Because he lives with you and he, he will be in you. I will not leave you alone as orphans and I will come back to you. See, in the previous text of John 12, 24, states that a life, listen, has to die to itself. It has to die to itself in order for great results to come. This death to self-principle was the strength of Paul's ministry. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, it says this, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life now I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In the Word of God, death brings life. Paul was saying that when he died to himself, a new life of faith took over. And it was, it was then that he was able to impact the world and do great things for the kingdom of God. But you have to die in order to live, church. If you are not living, listen, if you are not living, then you have not died. Come on, if you have not been living, church, then you have not died. Power of one, church. There's power in one. Can somebody say amen? It all starts with someone. Somebody say someone. It all starts with someone. Come on. See, the key to an effective world-changing ministry lies in the power of a single soul. 
that was transformed by Jesus Christ. The Bible is full of people who are unlikely to do anything good, church, and God used them to accomplish great things. God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things and accomplish his purposes. You know, there was a, na- a man by the name of Ed Kimball. Anybody heard of Ed Kimball? How about Billy Graham? Okay. Well, Ed Kimball was a Sunday school teacher who led a young man to the Lord by the name uh, of D.L. Moody. Okay. D.L. Moody became a preacher, went to England, and led a man uh, to the Lord named, uh, by the name of Frederick Myers to the Lord. Frederick became a preacher too and one day was invited to America. From there, Wilbert Chapman got saved. He ended up partnering with Billy Sunday, amen, who invited an evangelist, amen, Mordecai Ham from Louisville, Kentucky. He preached at a meeting and Billy Graham got saved. Billy Graham became a renowned evangelist all around the world. Come on, can somebody say amen to that? But it started with an ordinary person by the name of Ed. Kimball, a nobody, who became, reached another nobody and started this domino effect, which ended up with millions, listen, getting saved. Do you matter? Yes. See, all of us, we got to understand that we can be the one. Because one person, one to to Christ, uh, one soul, one to Christ, amen. Uh, that one person can change the world by simply sharing their faith and inviting another human being, amen, uh, to come to Christ. Church, this is, has to be the strength of PCLV. Come on, you, you're going to have to go out and share your testimony, share the love of God, uh, share what God has done inside of you, amen. Uh, come on, has God done anything in your life? Come on, come on, if God done anything, come on, someone give him a shout. But someone needs to hear your story. It's one reaching out for another and another. One man, Ed Kimball, reaches to one person, gets saved, reaches to another person, gets saved, 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 saved. Billy Graham gets saved. And millions are saved. See, we may not be the next Billy Graham, but you may be the key to the next one. God may want to use your life to reach another that's going to reach another that's going to reach that person. See, we, we have to share. Come on, God has been so good, right? Come on. If God has is, is done something marvelous in your life and you're in love with somebody, come on, anybody in love with Jesus? <laughs> Hallelujah. That's what we're here for, right? Come on. I, you know, I, you may love me, but I hope you love, you're here because of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. You've got to fall in love with Christ. But if you're in love with somebody, don't you share that with other people? That, 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 oh, man, let me, let me tell you about this. Oh, man, I'm head over here over this person, man. I'm in love. <sighs> let, me, let me tell you what he does for me. Let me tell you what he's done for me. And he's, what, he's done, what he's done for you. Let, let me share the love of God. You know, there has to, you've got to tell your love story. You know, for God so loved the world that he gave what? His only begotten son. Come on, that whoever believes in him will not, 
not, not perish, but, you know, to save you. But he didn't come to condemn the world. He's, he's here to reach out. And, and sometimes we're going through some hard times, and we not understand because they have not experienced the love of God. Sometimes there's people that don't know how to experience love because they never had it. The love that they had has always been a love that, yeah, I love you, but you got to give me stuff. So it, 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 it's, you know, but his love is unconditional. He gives it, and despite of what comes back, he's going to still love you. I mean, that's a good love. That's the love that, that we need to have in our marriages. You know, I'm not, I'm not just loving my wife because I want something. Whoa. I'm loving her because I love her. Even when she's, eh, I'm loving her. Whoa, whoa, hey, hey. Whoa, whoa. I'm, I'm loving her no matter what, right? It's for, for, for better, for worse, richer, or poorer. I'm going to love her despite him. I didn't, I loved her. I'm in love with her. I'm going to love her. We all have bad days. Come on, somebody say amen. Come on, that doesn't change my love. We all have bad days, but that doesn't going to change my love towards him. Amen. I'm not going to say, well, you know, later with you. No, no. I know his love. He's a good father. He loves us, church. But love has to be, we, we got to show the love of God. You know, we get saved and all that's great, church. God saves us, cleans us up, we're off of drugs, bondages, whatever it was, amen. But don't, you don't, you don't, you fall in love with him. You fall in love with him. See, the thing is, we get saved, we get busy. But we never fall in love with the Father. You got to fall in love with him. That keeps you doing what you need to do for the kingdom of God. I, I do it for him because I'm in love with him. I don't feel like doing it right now, but I'm going to do it because I, I'm in love. And, and that's what keeps us going, church, is the love of God. And then when we sin, I don't want to sin because it hurts him. It hurts the one I love. So I'm not going to do anything that I'm not supposed to do because it hurts him. When you start to look at it that way, then you're, you're, you're showing love. You're, you're loving God, and that's what keeps us going faithfully, church. Stops us from doing the things that we ought not to be doing. Share that with someone. Share your story. When's the last time you testified? When's the last time that God said, you know what, well, go tell them what I've done for you? Nah, I'm too busy. That may be the next Billy Graham right there. That may be the somebody else. Getting him saved or, or getting that person saved, becoming, reaching out to the next person. We have a love story that we can share, guys. Because there's power in the one. Share your story. And when you share your story, guess what? You, you start to fall in love with Christ all over again. Because <laughs> you get excited talking about him and what he's done already for us. And somebody say amen. That has to be the strength of PCLV. One soul reaching out to another. By simply sharing your faith. Inviting another human being to come to Christ. Inviting him. To Christ, inviting them to what He's done in their, in their lives. Second Timothy chapter two, verse two, it says, "You have heard thee me, you heard me teach these things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people. 
who will be able to pass them on to others. Come on. How many know that people know who you were in the past? And now you show them who you are now, they become a reliable witness of the power of God. Hallelujah. Come on, the change in your life, amen. Oh, I remember him. Oh, you remember her? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember her. You know, you start to see the transformation in the lives of people and it becomes reliable witnesses. It becomes a testimony of the God that you and I serve, that God came to make us great. God came to change us and that we can do great things. It's the power of one man or one woman doing the right thing for the right reason at the right time is the greatest influence in our society. The power of one man, one woman doing great thing for a right reason at the right time is the greatest influence for our society. It's time to give, church, of your life. Say it's time to give, church. Let's not be selfish. We're trying to get things for God for our lives. And I know He wants to bless us. He wants to use you to reach others. Jesus comes to a bunch of us. Smelly, stinking from our situation. Because I will make you a fisherman. Follow me. I will make you great. Even in your brokenness, I will make you great. The cool thing about these guys is, not a single one person came with any type of, of uh, excuse. Oh, I can't go. Right, let me go take a shower first. I mean, let me, what the Bible says, they immediately dropped everything and followed them. My question to you right now, have you dropped everything to follow Christ? Because if we're not experiencing greatness in our lives, maybe there are things that we're still holding on to that's stopping you from the greatness that God wants to do in you and through you. Like I said, you've got to die to live. I wonder if we're dead to some of the things that are keeping us down or keeping us in hostage or in bondage that, that's stopping us from doing greatness in the kingdom of God because there's a shackle on us. So you've got to drop everything in order to live. Like I can say one of the, the, some of the greatest rewarding times is when I gave up everything and God gave me everything. I mean, I started to really live when I really surrendered to God. Everything. You know, the altar call, that, that the day that you gave your life to Jesus, it had to be that kind of surrenderance. You had to come up here, not, oh, just fix me. You know, I don't want to lose my wife. And we come up for different reasons, church. A lot of them are selfish reasons. Instead of saying, God, I encountered God. I understood what you did for me. God, I want to give you my life. And God, I surrender everything. Because if you really want to live, you have to die. 
You're going to have to die to self. Come on, for greatness to come, church. I'm a living testimony of that. There's many that are here are testimonies of that. When you surrender to God, greatness comes. Do trials come? Yeah. Do storms come? Yep. Come on, this ain't, this ain't give your life to Jesus and live happily ever after. But we do get to live happily ever after. <laughs> but you're going to go through trials. He went through all kinds of trials. But he died to live. He died and he lived, church. We die, we're going to live too. You got you to you experience death. Come on, you got to experience losing it all. You got to experience, I don't, I don't want this anymore in order to live for Christ, in order for greatness to come into our lives. You got to reach out and be that one church. This principle has been proven over and over again. Like I say, who knows where the next Billy Graham will come from? It might be right here at PCLV. He might be the next greatest worship leader, disciple, leader in the church, the next greatest Sunday school teacher. Come on, for the rewards of seeing our children grow up in Christ and teaching them the next generation. He's going to stand in the gap, church. We can complain all we want. Are you standing in the gap? Standing in the gap means what our banner is. Our banner for the year, be still. The gap keeps you still, church. Because you're going to believe and trust God for what you're standing in the gap for. Amen? How many are standing in the gap for your children? They're not saved. Come on, how many are standing in the gap for family and friends? How many are standing in the gap just for yourself? Hallelujah. Come on, I just want to make it. <laughs> i got to stand for me. Hallelujah. I'll worry about you guys later. Amen. Some of us, we got to stand in our own gaps to get our victory. We've we got to make a decision, church, that you know what? I'm going to stand in the gap of prayer. I'm going to stand right here. God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to be still in you because I want to, I want to be a great influencer. I want you to work in me and through me. You created me for greatness. And for those that are down within themselves, stand in the gap. For those that, you know what, man, I don't know if God could use you. No, stand in the gap. Come on. For those you think, man, I, I messed up my life. No, stand in the gap. God will use anyone that stands in the gap. He says, I search for someone, but I find no one. Find a lot of people complaining, but no one's standing in the gap. No one's standing in the gap. No one's paying the price. No one, uh, come on, uh, you've got to pay the price. You've got to die to some things in your life. You're going to have to let go and let God, but you've got to stand in the gap. If you want, really want to see the hand of God moving in your life. It can't be just for a moment, church. You can't just put one foot in, one foot out, do the hokey pokey and turn yourself around. It's not going to work, church. You've got to put your whole self in. You've got to stand in the gap. Come on. Some of our children, you don't know what to do with them. 
Are you standing in the gap for them? Or are you just letting the world take them? Stand in the gap. Tell me you love them. I'm going to stand in the gap. I'm going to pray for my daughter. I'm going to pray for my son. I'm going to stand in the gap for my grandchildren. I'm standing in the gap. I'm on the gap of prayer, whatever, the gap of reading, the, the more of getting more of His Word inside of us. I, God, I need to, I, I got to see what enables me to stand in the gap. Amen. Yeah. God, I need more of the Holy Spirit. He's the comforter. He's the friend. He says, I'm going to give you that's going to teach you. And come on, you got to invite Him into your life. He said, I didn't leave you as orphans. I didn't leave you to figure it out on your own. I brought somebody that will stand in the gap with you. Come on, He's always with us, church. He's in the gap. You got to stand in it. See, that gap looks pretty scary. Who's going to stand in there? Who wants to stand in there? There's, 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 you got to stand in there. You can't stand on a surfboard. You got to stand in that. Waves are crushing. There's all kinds of things coming at you in the gap. All kinds of things are going, storms, weather changes in that gap. But I can let you know something, church. The sunshine comes out in the gap also. Come on, sun comes up, amen. God shows himself to be who he really is in the gap. God proves himself in the gap, church. He shows you who he is in the gap. But you've got to be willing to stand in there in order to see his glory. You've got to stand in the gap. There's been times in that I've been standing in that gap that I wanted to leave the gap. But I said, no, I can't leave this. You get strengthened in that gap. You get built in that gap. You get muscles that you didn't even know you had in that gap. Come on, things are beating on you, man. You, you're just holding on the rough. You get cut up in the gap. Things happen in that gap, church. When it's all said and done, guess what? You come out strong. Your arms are big. You learn how to pray in the gap. But if you're not standing there, you'll never experience another. You've got to stand in the gap, church. As I close today, there's countless of stories. I mentioned a few that demonstrate the power of one life changing the world. This principle, church, has to be part of PCLV if we're going to go forward. PCLV has to stand in the gap. Individually and as a church. In order for God's greatness to be shown in this place and in our city of Las Vegas. Come on, we're in a valley. Just stand in that gap. And watch God's glory show. Let me tell you, God showed me years ago, over 18 years ago, that God was going to do something great in Las Vegas. And it's coming to pass, church. It's coming to pass. God's going to do something great in this city. The revival was coming to Las Vegas. Come on, God's going to move, man. He's going to breathe upon this valley of, of deadness and breathe life. God's going to do something great. And that life is us and the children everyone in this place by offering them some hope through Jesus Christ. Can somebody say amen? Come on, we all stand up. Amen.